one more time. Welcome to the True North Church podcast, where we gather to explore faith, find inspiration, and strengthen our spiritual connection. At True North, we exist to help people navigate through the oceans of life in the direction that lands at the heart of God. Each week, we'll dive into meaningful discussions, share uplifting stories, and delve into the teachings that guide our lives. Whether you're a longtime member or a first-time listener, we're grateful to have you join us on this journey. So, let's embark on this episode of Faith, Community, and Discovery together. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. God's good, amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Look at somebody near you, whether they ca- it don't matter if they came with you to church this morning. Just look at them and say, I'm so glad you're here. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Let's open up in prayer. Lord, thank you so much for today. Lord, we cannot get enough of you. Jesus, we can never get enough of you. Lord, we don't move away from you, Lord, but we move with you, Jesus. We honor you. We exalt your name, Jesus. Bless us today, Lord. I thank you for the seeds that you are sowing within us, Lord. I thank you for the the water that you're pouring on our hearts, Jesus. Lord, Father God, I thank you that everything that you have to say to us, Lord, we receive. Remove every distraction. Remove every distraction, God. Remove every fleeting thought, every intrusive thought. Be removed right now, God. Right now. Lord, I thank you, Father God. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. In Jesus' name, everybody said Amen, amen. Who's glad to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Hallelujah. It's good to see you. You look good. Amen. Look at the person that came with you and say, you look so good. Lindsay, I didn't bring anybody with me. Then look and put your hand over that heart and say, I look good. You know, whatever you got to do. Amen. Kurt Franklin said the best. You look better when you smile. I like it when you smile. Lindsay, you ain't going to give me the smile. I promise by the end of this, you, you, you might bless you a little bit. Amen. We just finished our series, Good Ground, talking about how God makes us into good ground and talked about how there is a harvest that will happen. There's, there's two types of harvests, and there's a barn, and there's, um, there's, a, there's a collective thing that will happen, and we have, the op- we have the choice of which harvest we fall into. You know, if you missed that, I encourage you to go back and listen on the podcast because it's, it's definitely transformative. <clears throat> but today I want to talk to you about raising your sails. Somebody say, raise your sails. If you have a Bible this morning, I'm going to be in Romans chapter 8. If you don't, it's all good. We'll put it up on the screen. Romans chapter 8, verses 12 through 14. Very short this morning. This morning may be a very short lesson, but hope, I pray that it is a powerful one. I know it is going to be a powerful one, but I pray that you, uh, you, you, you are blessed by it. I pray that there's something that you're able to take with you that's going to help you at work tomorrow. That's going to help you when you get in the car and deal with your children or deal with your spouse. That's going to help you deal with loneliness. That's going to help you deal with uh, the coworkers. That's going to help you deal with work on Tuesday or work all this week, next month, next week, next year. Whatever it is, whatever type of ocean that you are navigating through, I pray that this word is going to help you do that. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 8, verse 12. Paul says this, he says, so then, beloved ones, the flesh has no claims on us at all. In other words, Lindsay, what does that mean? Your old life has no more attachment to you. You are not bound by your old life. 
Now, what Paul is saying, he's saying if you've given your heart to Jesus, you have been created new. Now, you may still have the same skin. You may still have the same windows and door frames and siding. You know, that's a, that's a metaphor. But for me, you know, this house has the chocolate siding with the brown windows, you know, the, 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 the curly, fuzzy black roof on the very top. You know, it's a tall house. It's a two-story house. I mean, you ain't getting, you know, it ain't no mansion, but it ain't no little hut if you, if you feel what I'm saying. But what Paul says is even though you may on the outside look the same, Oh, I'm fired up this morning. You may look the same, but what Jesus has done for you, it it can't be seen on the exterior, but on the inside. If they were to be able to open up and see the transformation that he has done to your soul and to your heart, how he's redeemed you, how he's made you a new creation. Amen. Amen. He's done a work on the inside of you. And the rest of our life is spent with us taking what he's done on the inside and living it on the outside. Amen. Amen. Paul says this, he says, so then, beloved ones, the flesh has no claims on us at all. We have no further obligation to live in obedience to it. So therefore, you don't have to do what your flesh wants to do all the time. Paul said it best. He said, what I, I, what I, I, what I want to do, I can't do. But, you know, what I don't want to do, I, I wrestle and I end up doing it. Who can free me from this body of death? And then the next chapter over, he says, praise be to Jesus who has freed me from the power of sin and death. Those times when you're like, man, I don't want to do this. God, why do I keep doing this? Let the light bulb let, you know, my boys have been into the spickle with me the last few times. There's a scene where every time he has an idea, he says light bulb. And we've said that around the house when we have an idea. But let that light bulb kick over your, over your mind and be like, you know what? No, no, no. Jesus went to the cross for me. If he didn't go for anybody else, he went for me. And the Bible says that three days later, he rose above everything that he put to death. So therefore, these impulses that we have, these desires, these thoughts, these intrusive thoughts. Have you ever had an intrusive thought before? Let me, let me give you an example. I'm, I'm, we're just going to open up the microscope on your boy, okay? I ain't going to expose anybody. And then y'all pray for my parents because they raised me. Y'all pray for my granny because she raised me. Y'all pray for Sister Renee because she helped raise me. This is on y'all, okay? It ain't on none of It's on them. It's on them. But I remember as a kid and even as a teenager, I would be in church. I was a, you know, I've heard ministers say this. I don't like this reference, but I've heard ministers say it all the time. You know, I was a drug baby. I was drugged to church. When the doors were open, we was drugged in, you know. I felt like I was there uh, usher practice, choir practice. Uh, if, there was a, if there was a committee, I was there. If, if, the, if the, the church needed something else, we was, we was open the doors we was there and I remember you know so I was always in church as a kid and growing up and I remember sometimes you had those services where it just get real quiet and the ministers talk about he have a pause break where he just like just just rest in the spirit of God just you feel that silence and you just hear this silence across the room and little Lindsay with the intrusive thought I just want to be like stand up be like whoa and sit right back down just to break the silence just to break the silence and I remember one time in college I'm in church and I'm sitting there and it's one of those powerful services and you know uh the the person that's speaking he's like man don't you just there's there's peace in the silence of god and all of a sudden i'm sitting there and like my my leg starts up i'm like man lord i don't know what this is i just want to go whoa and just sit right back down just 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 for the fun of it you know that's just me that's what intrusive thoughts looks like but i didn't give in to that temptation but a lot of times the devil loves to make us feel like you got to do it if you have a thought, if you, if you have something you want to say, well, I, I thought I got to say it, I got, got it. No, you don't always have to say what you think. Amen. And sometimes it's best to practice, you know, restraint, amen? amen? 
you know, imagine the world that we would be in. Imagine the world you would be in if you was always saying what you thought. You know, that's one of the lessons we're working on with our middle son. He, you know, he has a thought, he says it. Don't, don't matter if it's nice, don't matter if it's not nice, don't matter if it's blowing shots, don't matter if he's uncovering, you know, FBI secrets, he's going to say it. He snitched on daddy the other day, and I was like, hey, bro, stop. Your mommy didn't know about that. Oh, and then a little bit later, he's like, so daddy, are we still going to get it? No, we, we can't get it now. There was a reason it was between me and you. We might cut your brothers in a little bit, but now we can't. We got to include everybody. And daddy don't have enough money for everybody. It's just going to be me and you, son. And plus, your mommy don't like that. So good job. Good job on you. So every intrusive thought you don't have to give in to, everything that you think, every word that you want to say, you don't always have to say. Paul said it basically said that we have no further obligation to, the, to live in obedience to it. But watch this, verse 13. For when you live controlled by the flesh, you are about to die. Spiritually death is what he's talking about. But if the life of the spirit puts to death the corrupt ways of the flesh, we then taste his abundant life. Verse 14, let me just go, let me say verse 13 for a minute, because I read this this morning, and I noticed something I've never seen before. That's one of the great things about the Lord. He will show you things in the word. A lot of people say, man, the Bible's the same from front cover all the way to the back cover. It may appear like that on the exterior, but as you dig into it, the Holy Spirit will illuminate the word of God. Amen. Amen. In verse 13, Paul said, but if the life of the spirit puts to death the corrupt ways of the flesh, so a lot of times, as new creatures in Christ, a lot of times we will, we will take on this burden of, okay, well, I got I to gotta make sure I don't give in to temptation. I got to make sure I don't say these, the wrong thing. I, I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to walk this way. I got to talk this way. I got to sound like this. I got I to look like this. I got to appear. I, 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 I. But Paul said, if the life of the Spirit... Didn't say if the life of the believer puts the corrupt ways to death. He said if the life of the Holy Spirit. So as you allow the Holy Spirit to live through you, the Holy Spirit will work on making those corrupt ways die. Now, Lindsay, what are you saying? I'm saying you trust the Lord. You say, Lord, this is what I'm wrestling with. Now I put it in your hands. You work on my behaviors. You work on my conversation. You work on the language. You work on the thoughts that I think. You work on how I speak. And you put the responsibility. I love this because I'm a sports guy. You put the ball back in his court. And let me, let me tell you about the court of God. You ready? See, we, we serve a God that literally, the Bible says that he sits in heaven. His throne is heaven and the earth is his footstool. See, I don't know about you, but have you ever sat on you know, a chair or a couch and you prop your feet up on a footstool? Like that footstool, it's almost meaningless, you know, meaningless, but still it serves, serves a purpose. But literally, the, what, we, what we see as mountains of problems, God just propped his feet on. What we see as impossible, he just propped his feet on. What we see as, I don't know how I'm going to make it. I don't know how this is going to come together. I don't know about this, man. They say this about me, and I, I, oh, I'm about to see them, so I, I don't want to go. He propped his foot on. You put the ball back in the court of the one that just props his foot on this blue planet right here. We used to sing a song as a kid, you know, put your hands in the hands of the one that could walk on water. Last time I checked, you know, my, 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 my sports heroes and my, my theological heroes, they can't walk on water. You put your problems in the hands of the one that could calm the seas. 
I love my parents, but I've never seen them go out to Beach Lake in the middle of a storm and say, peace, be still. Not a shot to them. But you put your hands in the hands of the one that can restore and upholds all things. Amen. 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 So Paul said that it's the life of the Holy Spirit. It's him living in you that resolves the corrupt ways. It resolves the works of your flesh. Amen. Amen. Watch this. Verse 14. The mature. Here's the key verse. The mature children of God are those who are moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. I love this. The impulses of the Holy Spirit. We, we ain't even been in the notes. So I hope you all are getting something this morning. The impulses of the Holy Spirit. He said the mature children of God. See, if you look up in the dictionary or the source, one of the synonyms or cousins, as I like to call it, because, you know, I have to explain, we, like Kelsey said, we have to break these things down for our kids. So, you know, forget to get them to understand what a synonym is. We say, well, it's like a cousin. And my kids, they understand that everybody's a cousin. And I, we come from a very big family where uh, even though mom just had one more sibling, granny had a bunch of siblings. Dad had a bunch of siblings. It felt like everybody had a bunch of siblings, so we have a bunch of cousins. You know, and it, one of the running jokes is we go inside Walmart and run into somebody and, and I'll say, hey, Kelsey, you know who that was? Another cousin. I don't know who it was, Lindsay, but it was another cousin, you know. But, you know, we get them to understand that synonyms are just cousins for the, all these different words. But one of the synonyms for mature is ripe. See, when you, when you pick up some fruit or vegetables, you want it to either be early, you know, slightly earlier. You want it to be in that ripe state, that mature state, the, the perfect state. The state that, you know, when you, when you bite into that Granny Smith apple, woo, it's got that crunch, it's got that crisp, it's got the juice just come out to where you just salivate and look at you. I see you now. You're like, man, I, I didn't want a Granny Smith apple until you started talking about it. But you start, it, it's, it's ripe, it's ready for it. And Paul said that there is a, there is a season of your life, there is a type of uh, posture to where we can be in, to where we are mature, we are ripe. And he said, ripe type of Christians, mature type of Christians, they are led by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. They are moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. You know what impulse is? Just that, that one little, that, that, that short thought, that short leading, that short direction. He said, if, he said what the, you know, you know, it doesn't matter how old you are. Well, Lindsay, I, I'm, I'm this plus years and I've been serving the Lord all my life. Well, that's great, but maturity is not based on your age. Maturity is not based on your age. I love my sons. I don't like to talk about it a lot, but I got one son who does not act like a seven-year-old. He acts like a 37-year-old or a 47-year-old. You know, our two-year-old says the word sure. When you say, hey, Colin, will you come here? Sure. I don't know what two-year-old says the word sure. You know, they, they, you know, sometimes they'll sit down and watch documentaries with me. I mean, like, mature isn't based off age. It's based off of a posture in your heart. Maturity is based off a posture in your heart. And guess what? It doesn't take a whole lot to get mature. It just takes a decision. You decide, and you know what? What, what, is, what does ripe look like in my life? What is, the, what is the state of my life where, I was, where, I'm made to, where I've been created and made to do the exact thing I'm supposed to be doing, be with the exact person I'm supposed to be with, living the exact life, working in the right type of job that God has placed me in, living in the right type of community that God has placed me in to where I can be effective to everyone around me? What does that look like? It's a decision that you make, amen? It's a decision to say, okay, Lord, I'm raising myself. Now, say, I don't know if you've ever been on a boat, you know, the, the, you know, I won't go into it, but I've never really been on a boat. 
Never been on a boat. I've been on little bumper boats, you know, back at Celebration Station. Definitely dating my stuff. Celebration Station, gone too soon. But I remember the bumper boats. That, that was the most I ever did. You know, but I, I remember when we lived in Florida, we was at church, and, you know, we've had different people talk about, Lindsay, we got to get you out on the boat. And I'm, I look. I'm like, what, what are you looking at? I was like, I, I thought y'all was talking to another Lindsay. You know, nah, we, I, I'm a shore person. I, I stay on the shore, and I watch everybody else. We would go to the beach. And, you know, there would be, I remember one time there was, there was a, a fin on top of the water, and everybody's clungering to it. Everybody's like, oh, you, what, what kind of animal is that? Lindsay's like, hmm. Yeah, we're just going right back up the shore, and we're going to plop right here. We're going to sit down. Kellen's like, Daddy, what do you think it is? I don't know. Let's sit here and find out. That's what we're going to do. Kelsey, you sit down, too. I don't tell you what to do all the time, but you're going to sit. We're all going to sit and watch. And somebody said, oh, Lindsay, it's just a dolphin. I said, you go find out and then let me know. And even if it is a dolphin, I'm going to stay right here. Because for some reason, the dolphin is this close for a reason. Why? Because he knows it's safer here than it is out there. And we, we ain't going to mess with that. I'm a, I'm a safe person. I've never been on a boat. But when it comes to boats, there's a nautical term called raise the sails. And what that means is the captain will say, raise, raise the sails. And what he does, he, he hoists the main sail. And he will elevate it to where it's in a position to where it can catch the wind. Oh, I like that. It can catch the wind. And therefore, once it catches the wind, the wind propels the boat forward. So therefore, the boat is dependent upon the wind. See, if you're going to follow Jesus, you have to raise your sails. You can't be so dependent upon you. That's why we say in there earlier, Holy Spirit, come and take over the atmosphere. Holy Spirit, take over my atmosphere. It's not just a song we should be singing, but it's something, it's something that we should pray. It should be our anthem when you're going to work, as you're driving to work. Lord, Holy Spirit, I need you to take over, I need you to take over my work atmosphere today. Lord, I need you to, Lord, I need the peace of heaven. Lord, because you know it's Monday. Lord, you know that everything sat over the weekend and you know everything piles up on Monday. Or, Lord, you know how so-and-so is going to be. Or, Lord, I, Lord, I'm about to go on Walmart and, you know, I, if I run into this one person, you know I'm about to have to throw some hands. Jesus, I need you in my atmosphere. I need, Holy Spirit, I need you to take over my atmosphere. See, raising the sails, it's a posture of your heart. It's a posture of your heart. If you're following Jesus, if you made the decision, okay, Lord, I'm going to let you take over my life, raising yourselves, it's a posture of your heart. Now, what that posture looks like, it's a posture of surrendering. A posture of surrendering. Lindsay, what am I surrendering? You're surrendering your desired outcome for all things. And that's tough. I don't know about you, but that's, for me, I have a desired outcome. I have a desired way I want to see things happen. You know, it, it, surrendering this heart posture, this raising your sails, it's, it's surrendering your desired outcome and your desired destination. Your desired destination. Where you want to end up. Where you want to end up in life. I, you know, the Lord freed me about a couple weeks before my birthday because I was getting ready to turn the big 3-5. And I was like, Lord, oh, no, no, wow. That's right. Oh, wow. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Lord, I thought I'd be, and instantly I was in my flesh. Lord, I thought I'd be here and thought I'd be this and thought I'd be that. And what about this and what about that? I, Lord, I had all these plans. And I heard somebody say, you know, when you made all those plans, and this goes for everybody. But, you know, in your 20s, when you made the plans for your 30s, guess what? The 20s didn't know what the 30s would be like. 
If you made plans in your 30s for your 40s, long story short, spoiler alert, your 30s didn't know what the 40s was going to be like. If you made plans in your 40s for your 50s, guess what? The 40s didn't know how to deal with the problems that were coming around in the 50s. Are you picking up when I'm trying? So a lot of times we put expectations on ourselves that we were never meant to carry. Immature expectations. Because immature 20-year-old Lindsay didn't know that 30-year-old Lindsay was going to need this, 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 so save the money for this, 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 this. Immature 20-year-old you didn't know that you was going to have to occur this, 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 or this person was going to walk out of your life. So therefore, you need to lean on God and get a habit of leaning on God now. That way, when they leave, it doesn't affect you. That way, when they leave, it doesn't bother you. That way, when they leave, it doesn't raise your blood pressure. That way, when this falls out, you are still knowing that you are standing in the arms of Jesus. Amen? Oh, come on. I'm preaching to somebody this morning. Listen, 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 listen. You need, you need, you need. Somebody say, I need. I need. The, Holy Spirit. the Holy Spirit. Mature Christians. And it's not just about, okay, I want to be a mature Christian versus all the other little, you know, little babies running around. No, I need to be ripe. Why? Because I, I need to be in a mature state because I don't know about you, but for me, I have three little ones that are looking towards me that are looking up to me. That are, and, and in fact, I got messages before where people are like, hey, man, I, we're still keeping up with you. What? Why? Because there's something in you that we need. Listen, if people are looking at you, there is something in you that they need. Amen. Well, Lindsay, I, I, I don't know if I have enough. If, a lot of times we sound a lot like Moses. Because literally God goes up to Moses and says, hey, I want you to free your people. And instantly, the first thing Moses said, well, I, I I, I stutter. Instantly, Moses identifies. He, his response to God's great commission over his life. Could you imagine God, literally the voice of God in a burning bush, a bush that will not go out. Literally, you hear the voice of God sounding like James Earl Jones, you know, calling your name, calling, I mean, your government name. It says, I need you. What a powerful moment that is. And instantly, we respond with our insecurities. And a lot of times we do that, God will put a thought or put a person on your heart because he wants you to reach them. And we, well, Lord, I, I'm busy. Lord, I got to pick up the kids. Lord, this is boring. That's one of my kids' favorite things. This is boring. I'll show you boring. Go, go get in the car. We're going to piss some collard greens. You, let's see how boring this is. <laughs> Love you. But we have to understand that it's the Holy Spirit that leads us, but we have to surrender our desired destination and our desired outcome. See, in this surrendering, you know what's going to happen? In this surrendering, your trust in him is going to grow. But here's the thing we don't like to think about. His trust in you is going to grow. Well, Lindsay, what, what you, he, he should trust me. Should he? If we were to examine, I'm, I'm just going to pick on me. I ain't picking on nobody. But if he were to examine me, do my actions show that I'm trustworthy? And not the actions that I do in my hands, but the actions that are right here. Because the Bible says that he's not, he's not looking at this. He's not looking at the outward appearance. He's looking at this. He's looking at the intent why you're calling somebody. He's looking at the reason why you're, you're, you're blessing somebody or why you're checking in on them. He's looking at, are you, are you really, a, a, you know, about be, uh, bettering the other person or are you just being nosy? He's looking at, are you really invested in helping somebody or you know that people are watching so you got to, you know, make sure you're doing good. 
oh, so-and-so is coming over. We've got to clean the house. Versus, am I living an organized life? Oh, mm. all right, Lord. But watch this. Out of, out of this surrendering, there's a trust that happens. Now, trust is a muscle. I don't know if you knew this. You may not go to the gym. I don't go to the gym. If you go to the gym, I applaud you. I, I try. I, I, I tried. I will say that. I tried. I tried so hard, but it just it didn't work. <clears throat> but thankfully, the Lord is like, he gave me a job to where I walk 10 to 11 miles a day. Some, there's a couple routes where it's 15. So it's like, yeah, okay, here you go. But trust is a muscle. Somebody say trust is a muscle. See, trusting God, it's a, it's a muscle. And watch this. In order to grow the workout plan for trust, for the trust muscle, it looks like tribulations. looks like storms. It looks like circumstances. As the teeny bopper says, it looks like the ops. It looks like moments of frustration and friction. Ooh, that trust. So if you want that trust to grow, because it's a muscle, if you want it to grow, if you want it to build, then you got to work it out. And the Bible says that that workout plan looks like circumstances. It looks like moments of friction, and it looks like moments of frustration. Trust is a muscle. This is the only way it grows. In fact, fire is refined, or, you know, fire is what refines gold. One of my favorite songs, it literally says that fire, uh, fire refines gold and pressure makes diamonds. Artist speakers say that the calm, the, the, the best sailors are never created in calm seas. The best sailors are never created in calm seas. If you get on a plane, for those that have ever been on a plane, uh, you know, if you ever get the opportunity to talk to a pilot, if you're like, man, how long you be flying? Well, I just got my license yesterday. A lot of y'all going to be like, what? You're going to go to that department, you're going to get that bag, you're going to be like, Hey, I need my refund now. Not, and you, some of y'all won't even be like, you won't even say I need you. You're going to be like, no, you're going to give me my refund. Or you're going to put me on a pilot that's been through some stuff. I need, I need a pilot that five years minimum. You know, I'll settle for the three, but five years minimum. Don't give me somebody five, five hours ago. You just got the license. Go try on somebody else. You know, you go to a, a hairstylist or a barber. Man, how long you been cut? Man, I just started yesterday. Oh, take the cape off. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, uh, get the, I, I need the older guy. Let, let me have him. You know, if you if you go, you know, you go to a chef. Man, how long you been? How long you been cooking? Man, I just I just woke up this morning and decided to open up a restaurant. <laughs> you gonna be like, excuse me? Uh, no. We all want somebody with experience. We all want somebody with experience, and God knows for you to be effective, you got to experience some things. Amen. For you to be effective, you got to experience some things. And guess what? It's not going to feel good, but there's something that happens when you go through something. Leaning on the Lord. Leaning on the Lord. The Bible says that he works out all things for our what? Good. So even though you're going to go through it, spoiler alert, it's going to work out for your good. I don't know if you knew this. Spoiler alert, it's going to work out for your good. That's for me. It may not be for you, but that's for me. It may hurt. You may be lonely. It may not feel great. You may have to go out to eat by yourself. You may be the only one treating yourself. But in the end, it will work out for your good. It will work out for your good. Listen, every problem that you experience, it's two things. It's an opportunity for two things. Number one, it's an opportunity for you to trust God more. It's an opportunity for you to be reminded how powerful God is. How powerful God is. And sometimes we need that reminder. You know, we're trying to work with our oldest on playing basketball because he wants to be like Steph Curry. Those are great aspirations. I don't mind that at all. 
And as we're working with them, as we're dribbling, you know, he decides, he's like, all right, Daddy, let's play a real game. I was like, buddy, you don't want to play no real game. You don't want that smoke. He said, no, let's play a real game. And he starts coming at me, trying to take my lids out. And I'm like, all right, you want, listen, I'm going to give you one more warning. You need to stop. Let's just go back to drills. No, Daddy. No, let's go. And so I was like, all right. So I crossed him over, felt so good, crossed him over, and dunked on him. Had to remind him the power of his dad. Sometimes you need to be reminded the power of your Heavenly Father. That all the stuff that's going on in your life, you need to be reminded that, wait, 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 wait. I serve a God that, that props his feet on my problems. I serve a God that literally 2,000 years ago took every insecurity that I had, everything that I could not do, all the dreams and aspirations that I wanted to achieve but couldn't achieve because there was the flesh nature living in me. He took that flesh nature and he nailed it according to Colossians. He nailed it to a cross. He nailed the sins and ordinances that I could not keep up with and guess what three days later he rose from the grave and now sits at the right hand of the father interceding for you and I means he prays for you on the daily means that he is thinking about you every hour every minute every millisecond I serve a God that props his feet on my problems I serve a God that is not sweating what I sweat and if that's the truth you got to remember that when all things break loose in your life when you begin to sweat, think about, okay, no, 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 no. All right, God, no, nah, this, this don't bother you. It ain't going to bother me. Lord, in fact, you knew the problem. So guess, Lord, you knew that they was going to call me. I put it in your hands right now. Lord, you knew that they was going to say this. You knew she was going to trip about this. You knew he was going to trip about this. Lord, you knew this was going to catch me, but guess what? It did not catch you. Lord, I surrender. Lord, I raise my sails, and I'm trusting you. I'm trusting you. I'm trusting you. Amen. See, the most underrated thing about raising your cells is unlearning some things. The most underrated thing about trusting in God is unlearning some things. You got to unlearn some things. You got to unlearn some things. Lindsay, why do I have to unlearn some things? The reason why is because ultimately, unknowingly, there's been times where we've done things that have been uh, based out of legalism. As Christians, as Jesus followers, unknowingly, there's times where we try to do things and it's really based in legalism. Now, Lindsay, what's legalism? Legalism, it's the opposite of grace. See, grace, we get to trust God. It's not based on our activity. It's based on his activity. But with legalism, the legalism, it opposes the grace of God. See, legalism, what it is, it's a dependency on the formula, laws, and practices Instead of just faith in Christ alone. It's where we put a dependency on the, on the formula instead of a dependency in Christ. We put a, de uh, a dependency, okay, well, it worked this way, so let me duplicate that again. Well, God moved this way, let me, let me do that again. And we see, if you look in the Old Testament, just to spoil it for you, if you look in the Old Testament, the story of Moses. God provided for the nation of Israel when, when Moses struck the rock and water came out. And they all were provided, and they all praised God. Guess what? The problem came up again. How are we going to make ends meet? Sound familiar? How are we going to get this? How am I going to get this? We, we need this, Moses. How's God going to do it? And out of anger, Moses takes the rock. He takes the rod, and he strikes the rock. Why? Because God had provided that way before. But because Moses did this, this was a sign of legalism. He was, he was putting his faith in a formula instead of God. And God being good, he had water to come out of the rock, but he told Moses, because you have misplaced your faith, you will not see the promised land. 
See, when you misplace your faith in a formula, you miss out on so many opportunities. You miss out on what God wants to do. A lot of times God does things different. Why? Because he wants you to see a whole nother side of him. But also he knows that you cannot become complacent because if you become complacent, you're no good. You're no good. And that's where the devil wants you, in a complacent state. In a state of, uh, uh, I just don't feel like doing it. I don't feel like, uh, you know, we'll go to church next Sunday. Man, you know, we'll listen to the podcast another time. You know, I, you know, I ain't got time to put the word in me. I ain't got time to fit. You know, we'll, we'll check on so-and-so another time. Now, I know they're doing good. Man, she's got plenty of kids. They'll check on her. If the devil can get you in a complacent state, then he is happy. But you were not born for complacency. You were not created for complacency. Amen. Listen, God's idea of relationship with you looks like him taking you by the hand and leading you by his spirit, showing you a different way to be human, showing you a different way to be human, giving you a brand new name and all illusions fading away. This resulting in an experience that is not like anybody else, not like anybody else. Amen. So you know what opposes the way of the Christian life? What opposes the way of the Christian life is your default programming. It's our default programming. I said it earlier, but, you know, by default, if there's something going out on the ocean, I'm right here on the shore. You know, my default program is if somebody screams, I'm out. Not to, I, I love y'all. I'm not checking to see, oh, oh. What, what, what's going on? Nope, I'm out. You see those videos where you see one person run and everybody, I'm, I'm, with, I'm running. Like, we can find out what's going on later. You know, we can check the news. We can go on social media. Somebody will tell us what's going on. In fact, this is why I married Kelsey. Kelsey is about the details. I'm, I'm out. Kelsey, find out the details. Then she'll let me know later. I'm not, nah, I'm pick up the kids. We go. You, you know, talk to somebody on your way out, but we out. But our default programming is that we are that we are uh, we're we're going to be safe. We're going to be safe. Being safe looks like staying on the shore. And see, staying on the shore, well, Lindsay, there's no shore here. There's no shore in my house. But there's a shore in your heart and in your mind. See, staying on the shore looks like leaning on your own understanding. Leaning on your own understanding. Well, I, you know. I, 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 know what, I know what the Bible says about this, or I know that the gospel say this, or I know churches, we're going to sing this many songs, and he's going to preach, and he's going to do this, and they might do an altar call, they're going to do it. So, so I'll, I'll check it next week, because I know what they're going to do. Leaning on your own understanding. Well, I, I know that in two weeks I'll get paid again, and then, you know, then I'll be able to take care of this. Leaning on your own understanding instead of trusting in God. Amen. So you have to fight the temptation by reminding yourself that the good shepherd, somebody said good shepherd, he will never leave you stranded, nor will he let you sink when it feels like the waves are drowning you out. You got to remember that, okay, not only is my heavenly father God, but he's a good shepherd. He's the good shepherd, the good shepherd. Say I love it because the Bible says the good shepherd. See, if you're a sports guy, I've talked about this before, but there's one co- – I'm not a big Ohio State University fan. I, I care less. I couldn't tell you who the coach or the players are. But I love it when if, if I'm watching football or if I'm watching sports and somebody says that they're from the Ohio State University. Because if you've ever watched, 
all their players take so much pride in it. You know, you got somebody, Jackson State Community College, you know, UT Martin. Then you get to, you know, they're like, you know, Lindsey Mountain, the Ohio State University. And I'm like, whew, I stand up with that. I don't, I don't even like the big red like that, but I'm the Ohio State University. They put pride on it. And when they say the, it, it, it diminishes every other school. And it says this is the university that you go to. I love this because the Bible says that he is the good shepherd. He says, hey, there's, there's no other shepherds like the good shepherd. There's no other gods like our God. There's no other acts that can produce what our God produces in our life. There's, there's no other person that can love you like our God. There's no other person that can be faithful like our God. He's the friend that sits closer to the, than a brother. He is, he is the one that loves you even when you don't love him back. He is the God that literally that rises in the morning and waits for you to wake why? Because he can't wait to be with you. He is the God that literally his arm, his arm span, his wingspan stretches from the east all the way to the west. It's immeasurable. Like, like we was telling our kids, his, his lifespan, it's immeasurable. He's always been. He's always existed. He's the God. He's the good shepherd. Amen. And we have to fight the temptation of just living our life to play it safe. Living our life to play safe. I'll close with this. One of my favorite authors, his name is Mark Batterson. He wrote a book called Chase the Lion, and it's where we got Kellen's middle name, Benaiah. Because in 2 Samuel chapter, uh, chapter 23, there's a story about a man named Benaiah. And Benaiah was a man who literally, he chased a lion into a pit on a snowy day and killed it. And then it moves on to the next verse. That's all it is. But I remember reading that, and I'm like, I'm, if you know me let, me, let me let you in on how my mind works. Reading the book, and I'm just like, wait, what? Hold up now. Let, let, let's go back. Because it's just one sentence. As if it's like, oh, this, this is a normal thing. And for me, I'm like, that's not normal for a man to be able to chase a lion into a pit. I don't know about you if you've ever seen a lion. I've seen lions. We've went to the Memphis Zoo. And lions, when they look at me, they don't, they don't cower in fear. Amen. They don't. I, I proved, Lindsay, you're making this up. No. Last time we went to the Memphis Zoo, they were all taking a nap, looked like, but one raised their head and looked at me and just kind of edged a little closer to the guy. I was like, hey, no, 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 you, you go back to sleep with the rest of your family. When they see this, they see a nice chocolate snack. They, there's nothing in this that they get scared of. And Benaiah, in the Bible, Benaiah, literally, the Bible says when they looked at Benaiah, it was, there was something within him that they ran for fear. And see, for me, I'd be, yeah, I chased away lions, yeah. But the Bible says that Benaiah, he wasn't satisfied with that. He chased after the lion. And the, better yet, it was snowing while this happened. A few weeks ago, we all remember what we was doing when it was snow. We was in the house bundled up. Oh, Jesus, don't let the pipes freeze. We weren't outside chasing lions. But the Bible says that this man, he is chasing a lion into a pit on a snowy day and conquers it. But I love this because Mark Batterson, he uses this story to encourage every believer to quit living your life just to arrive safely at death. He says this, he says, quit living as if the purpose of your life is to arrive safely at death. Set God's size goals, pursue God-ordained passions, go after a dream that is destined to fail without divine intervention. Keep asking questions, keep making mistakes, keep seeking God, stop pointing out problems and become part of the solution. Here's what I love, stop repeating the past and start creating the future. Oh, that's one of my favorites. Stop repeating the past and create the future. 
It's so easy to be like, well, I, it was this way, so I'm, not, I'm just not even going to sweat it. No, 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 no. What, what went wrong the first time? I mean, if you can, you can look it up. I don't have the exact number, but you can look it up. Thomas Edison did not get it the first try when he made the light bulb. I'm pretty sure Noah did not build the ark in a day. In fact, the Bible says that it took years to build the ark. To build up. It, it, it never happens on the first try. But a lot of times the devil likes to come in, and the moment that we mess up on the first try, we give up. The moment you mess up, you give up. And guess what? That, the opposite is true. Just because you mess up doesn't mean you give up. But Mark Batterson, he continues to say, he says, stop playing it safe and start taking risks. Expand your horizons. Accumulate experiences. Enjoy the journey. Find every excuse. This is a good one. Some of y'all are going to like this. Find every excuse you can to celebrate everything you can. Shh, woke up this morning. You know what? I'm going to go get me an apple fritter. <laughs> woke up this morning. Man, I got breath in my body. You know what? I'm going to get me, I'm a, I'm a give me a little, little glass of orange. I'm going to go out for breakfast this morning. Woke up this morning. Why, what are you doing? I'm going to treat myself. Oh, what's the occasion? I woke up this morning. Had, had gas still in the tank. May have a quarter tank, but I got gas still in the tank. Oh, I, I'm, I'm, kids, we're, we're going to go out tonight just, just for a little bit. We're, we're going to go get ice cream. Why? Because, I, because you're alive and I get to take care of you. Find every reason to celebrate. I mean, you know, uh, you know we're going to stay up a little, uh, little late. We're going to watch a movie. We're going to watch a movie that we already own. Why, why are we watching a movie that's not our? Because we have a couch. We have a house. We have a roof over our head. We have food in the fridge. We have food in the pantry. We have all the basic things that some people may find every reason to celebrate. Or better yet, you know, I'm going to do this extra day. Why? Because years ago I couldn't have done it. Or a week ago I didn't have the finances to do it. Or months ago because I, I didn't have it. And, you know, I'm not what I used to be, but I'm thankful that I am different. Amen? Amen. May not be where you want to be, but thank God you're, what? you're not where you used to be. Find reasons to celebrate. Amen? Amen? You can spend your days being sad and being a prune, or you can spend your days being thankful. Amen. Which one sounds better? Which one sounds better? Science has proven that it requires more facial muscles to, to frown than it does to smile. Than it does to smile, amen? Accumulate experiences. Enjoy the journey. Find every excuse you can to celebrate everything you can. Live, watch this, live like today. It's the first day and last day of your life. Here's another one. I had to put it in bold. Don't let what's wrong with you keep you from worshiping what's right with God. Oh, don't let what's wrong with you keep you from worshiping what's right with our God. See, I heard a pastor out in Arizona say this. He said, a lot of times the devil will try to manipulate us. He'll try to get us to feel like every bad thing that happens, it's a result of us living a bad life. Don't fall for the trick or trap that just because it's a bad day means that you have a bad life. Sometimes things just don't work out. Sometimes you just oversleep. Sometimes the boss is not in a good mood, or sometimes you forgot how much you do or don't have in the account. Doesn't mean that you have a bad life. Doesn't mean that you have a bad life, amen? amen. Don't let what's wrong with you keep you from worshiping what's right with God. Burn sinful bridges. Mm. Burn sinful bridges. If it doesn't produce the Lord in your life, you got to let it go. You got to let it go. If she or he doesn't uh, pursue you, if, she, if he or she doesn't encourage you to raise yourselves and let the Holy Spirit propel you in life, you got to let them go. 
Kelsey isn't in here. This isn't one, in any of my notes, but I remember the first time I met her, two, th two thoughts happened when I first seen her in church. That, that's when you knew it was the Lord. Met her in church. <clears throat> when she walked up, I'll just be honest, even though mom and dad in the room, I'll be honest, when I saw her, I was like, whoa, who is that? And listen, the way it happened, she was walking up to the front, and the, the pastor at the time gave her the mic and said, I want you to pray over the service before we get started. And everybody bowed their head, and I bowed my head. And when she prayed, when she opened her mouth, it sounded, I opened my eyes, and I looked behind me because it sounded like thunder in the room. And when I heard that, I was like, Lord, I want that. Not just that person, I want to pray like that. If he or she does not persuade you and propel you to go after the things of God, you got to cut them off. Amen. That's just not better has, but that's also friends. That's also relationships. That's also the bros. Ladies, that's also the sisters, whatever it is. Because I'll be honest, you were not put on this earth just to spin your tail. You weren't just put on this earth just to waste your days. You are in the community. You are in your family. You are in your friends list. You are in the group chat. You are on the job for a reason. Right. Your kids go to the after school program for a reason. Your kids go to the certain school for a reason. You work the right job for a reason. And that's because you are called to be a light in that whatever space it is. That's why we're saying Holy Spirit. Come and fill the atmosphere. Holy Spirit, I'm raising myself. Blow. Wind of God. There's a song we used to sing. Wind of God, blow. Push me. Move me. Propel me. Amen. Amen. Your future looks better when he's propelling you. Amen. It's less stressful when the Holy Spirit is pushing the boat. It's less stressful. Why? Because guess what? You get to put your feet up and act like God and prop your feet on something that is beneath you. Ah! Bars if you listen to rap. But... Mark Batterson, he continues to say this. He says, burn sinful bridges, blaze new trails. Watch this. Criticize by creating. Criticize by creating. Somebody say criticize. criticize. By, creating. by creating. Lindsay, what does that mean? Well, a few weeks ago, we had a good problem to have here at church. It was a really good problem. We just didn't have enough uh, teachers. So somebody's like, well, we need to make this room. Well, we need more classrooms. We can't do this because we don't have more classrooms. I'm like, you know what? Instead of criticizing, we're going to create. So therefore, we went back and moved some stuff, made some space for three more classrooms. Hey, guess what? What, what other problems do we have? Let's go create the answer for it. Instead of criticizing, just create it. Well, I don't have this. Okay, well, go to God and say, Lord, give me the wisdom on how to create this, this, this. Give me the wisdom on how to solve this, this, this. And today we have more good problems. So therefore, we're going to go back to the drawing board and say, okay, Lord, give us the wisdom. Give us the resources to do this, this, this. That's, that's the beauty of the relationship you have with God, that if there is a problem, you can go to God and say, Lord, show me how to do this. Amen? Amen. Watch this. We're almost done. Don't try to be who you're not. Don't try to be who you're not. Be yourself. Laugh at yourself. I'm definitely good at that. I can laugh at myself. i got no shame in that. Laugh at yourself. I heard a parenting uh, coach say that as parents, we should laugh at ourselves in front of our kids. We should mess up and make mistakes in front of our kids. Now watch this. Lindsay, what's this got to do with me? The parenting coach said, you should do this because it lets the kid know that it's okay to make mistakes. And it, it, it takes a big mountain burden-sized pressure off of them. Amen. A big mountain. I can't imagine my seven and five. I can't imagine my two-year-old walking with a mountain-sized burden on them. But guess what they do? And the more that they see their daddy trip and fall, not like stumble into sin, but I'm talking about like, oh, I forgot this at the house. 
Or, oh, man, I forgot to pay. Oh, my wallet's in the car. Hey, let's go get it real quick. My wallet's at the house. Let's turn around. We got to go get it. Versus just trying to play it off and come up with a cool story. The more that they can see their daddy be human. The more that this county sees us be human but still pursue Jesus. They're going to be like, man, look, look at them. They're doing, what, they're doing what we can't. But they look like us. How, how do we do that? Well, let's go ask them. Hey, how, how are you holding your head up? I Man, it's by the glory and strength of the Lord. Let me show you what he's done in my life. Let me tell you what he's done in my life. How do I get that? Let me tell you how you get that. Listen, your life, all of your life, all of your life, all of your life, all of your life, it is a witnessing tool. It is a witnessing tool. It doesn't matter what you've been through. It doesn't matter what you haven't been through. It is a witnessing tool. Amen? Amen. You cannot let fear dictate your decisions. So therefore, guess what, family? Today, starting today, you've got to start raising yourselves. Amen. Your life is the boat that you're in. You are, you're on this boat. You've got to start raising yourselves. You've got to start surrendering and saying, okay, Lord, I'm going to give the keys to you. I'm going to put it in your hands. I'm going to allow you to propel me, or I'm going to allow you to keep me still. Because, see, you know, we talked about how the wind will propel the boat. Well, guess what? If the wind ain't blowing, the boat's not moving. So that, that's where the, that's, you know, I've talked about it before, but we sing songs about, Lord, I'm running, trying to make a hundred, because 99 and a half won't do. We love to sing that. We clap it up as a kid. We clapped it up. But I remember as a kid, nobody ever sang, Lord, I'm waiting. Waiting for you, Jesus. Not doing a thing until you move. Nobody's saying that. You know, we don't, we don't sing, Holy Spirit, come and flood this place. But we don't sing about, hey, Holy Spirit, can't, I, I, I look forward to waiting on you. Look forward to waiting on you. There's a couple songs where we're like, Lord, I'm waiting on you, waiting on you. I find my strength while I'm waiting on you. But guess what? That's not on the top 100 worship songs. It's in the deep cuts. Why? Because nobody, we as human beings, we like to move. We don't like to sit. We like to, we like action. There's, I mean, there's a whole genre of movies that I love. It's called action movies. We like action. You know, there's some of y'all that like the good old Hallmark sit and wait, predictable stuff. But that's only for a season. Action is all the time. Action is what makes you want to go to the movies. You don't want to go to the movies just to see them wait. When it comes to Jesus, we got to be okay with moving, but also we got to be okay with waiting. Because a lot of times we're waiting on purpose. Why? Because there's something down the road that he is preventing you from, number one. Or there's something down the road, number two, that he is working out. That he's working out. That he's working out. And guess what? He works better when we're where he's placed us. Where he's placed us, amen? amen? Where he's placed you. So where has he placed you? He has not forgotten about you. Remove the temptation from your life thinking, okay, he's placed me here and he's forgotten about me. Nope, he has not forgotten about you. There's something that he's working out for your good, but you got to be okay. You got to be content with staying where he's placed you, amen? You got to be content. In fact, why don't you bloom where you're planted? I just heard that. Why don't you bloom where you're planted? If he's planted you in this house, then start blooming. If he's planted you on the job that he's planted you, start blooming. It's easy to complain about the job. Listen, last, the last week I had, I, was, I, came home, uh, I came home ired. I wasn't tired. I was, too, I was too tired to put the tea on there. I was ired. I came home ired. And I, it's easy to complain about, man, I just, uh, uh, versus, okay, Lord, you placed me at this job for a reason. 
The reason I ain't found nothing else because right now you want me just to be content with because you're working something else out. I don't need to be looking. I don't need to be searching. I just need to be trusting. Can you trust him to keep you where you're at? Can you trust him enough to when the when the wind isn't blowing? You're not trying to up and move. You're not trying to up and pack. You're not trying to up and leave. You're not trying to do all these different things. Amen. Somebody say, can you trust him? Can you trust them? Listen, if you're taking notes, remember Romans chapter 8, verses 12 through 13. That's your homework. Or not 12 through 13, but 12 through 14. That's your homework. Go back and look at it. Reread over it and remind yourself that, okay, if I'm a new creation, I'm going to be moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to allow the Holy Spirit to lead me and direct me. And an impulse, an impulse is not a flashy neon sign. An impulse. See, if I were to take this, this, this peeling off, you can see the, there's ripples in this water. But my hand's not moving much. But the water is moving. See, being led by the impulses of God, it may not look like your life is moving, but inwardly there's something stirring. Oh, come on, Holy Spirit. Inwardly there's something stirring. Inwardly you have this desire to, you know what? We're going to turn the TV off. I'm, let, let's look at those scriptures Pastor Lindsay talked about. Let's see what he was saying because he was getting hyped. But you know what? I, I kind of felt something about that. Let's, let's, let's open up the Bible. Let's look at that. Let's reread that. It says something about impulses. Being led by the impulses of God may be you're in the drive-thru. I've talked about this before. But you know what? I, just, I ain't got a whole lot, but, you know, how, how much is the meal behind me? I ain't got a whole lot, but I can contribute. If I can't contribute to the whole thing, I could contribute a little bit. Don't, you ain't got to tell them for me. You ain't got to give them my number or anything. I don't need them to reach out to me. I'm just, I, need, I want them to know that there's somebody out there that's willing to help. And he's willing to help because God is a helper. Amen. Amen. Be led by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. Let him blow. Let him propel you or let him keep you still. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to the True North Church podcast. If you're not already following us on social, check out our website at truenorth731.com to find direct links to our pages. Also, if you would like to contribute to the work we are trying to do, you can click the safe and secure giving link and follow the prompts. Thank you for helping us build and strengthen our community. Until next time, have a great day.